Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Good day to all the Marbleheads out there on this, the newest episode of Rambling About Racing with myself, Matt Beamer, Charlie Herkus with us, with us as always, and special co-host Jeff Reeves, who works with Charlie down there in South Alabama, among other things, uh, with his drag racing, and Jeff's going to be part of the show today, and Preston Lute is not here today, but we keep him forever in our thoughts and prayers, and and I must say, Charlie, you've been more consistent than Preston in a month being with the show officially, then Preston's been with almost two years with the show, man. It's been crazy to uh, kind of make time to do this. And it's been fun, to be honest with you. It's been kind of a, a breather and a, you know, kind of a relaxing thing to do and take my mind off other stuff for sure. Yeah, so it's, it's been fun. Fun once a week thing, getting with everybody talking about racing. And we're welcoming Jeff to the show. Jeff, welcome. And just, um, Tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you're involved in the racing community. Oh, man, I've been racing since two months old. Wow, two uh, months. It's all a family thing. I mean, my dad started when he was 13. He's 72, 73 years old. Does he still race? He wants to, but he just tells us how to do it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. And he, he it's his way or the highway for sure, Matt. <laughs> yeah, it's, he has his ways and we have ours, but. We'd no, to, we he's, we still have his original car he started with. What, what kind of car? When he was 13. What kind of car did he drive back then? 55 Chevrolet Bel Air. Wow. So he's been doing still this got for it. a long time. Yeah. Wow. He, uh, my uncle, 
him and my uncle and my nephew, or my great nephew, started. Okay. Uh, I say they he's done it all his life. Like I say, I, I drive his car now. When he had when he was thirteen. Oh, wow. We redone it here probably fourteen years ago. Fixed it more modern than what it used to be. Now, uh-huh. uh, do you, do you race at South Alabama Speedway with Charlie? No, 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 no. We uh we race at uh Cottonwood Dragway in Cottonwood. Okay. Alabama race Montgomery, Alabama, Mariana, Florida, Holt, Florida, Atmore, Alabama. We have five or six different tracks around here within All right, so you just do strictly drag racing? Strictly drag racing, yes. So I gotta know how did you and Charlie he, get together? He comes to he comes to help me now. Uh, Leo is daddy hates to admit it, but he don't mind helping me too. You'll hear him say dang old circle track crap all the time, but uh they love me. Nonetheless, Jeff's I'm pretty much the adopted son in the family now, so I may I may go in circles, but they love me anyway. Okay. Yeah, Charlie's my brother from another mother. Right, I hear that. I hear that. He's he's my brother from another mother too. Speaking of that, De- uh, Daddy tells him all the time, if you ever got a drag car one time, he throw that rail track car away. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Charlie's pretty committed with that circle track stuff. I like that. But, hey, gentlemen, I got some big news for you. I got some big news, and I wanted to tell you on the show. I wanted to tell Preston, too, but he didn't. He doesn't want to be part of the show today. Caroline is pregnant. Nah, get out of here. She's pregnant, man. My wife is pregnant, well, due in February. Congratulations, man. I yeah. know it's been a long time coming, and I, I tell you what, I'm going to throw you a shower when I come up there in October. I like that, man. So, um, yeah, she's pregnant, and uh, this is kind of the first official. Everybody else knows in the family and stuff, but just officially out there. You it, tell me first? No. I wanted to get your reaction well, on the podcast. Well, now I'm just mad. No, nah, you're fine, man. This is your first one? This is our. This yeah, is going to be our first baby, yes. You'll enjoy it. So, I've been I mean, looking forward especially, to it. Especially if it's, especially if it's a girl. You're right, especially if it's a girl. Yeah, we kind of want one. Uh, I know my uh, my mom and dad have a bunch of um, grand grandsons. They have three of them, but not a granddaughter. And I and I I wouldn't mind a, a little daughter running around. I wouldn't mind that at all. Well, that just changed the whole podcast up there. I kind of want to cry <laughs> for you. <man. laughs> no, I wanted to put that forefront. Um, yeah, we're we're due in February, so needless to say, I bought my ticket to Daytona 500. That might be a giveaway here soon. Just saying. Just be on the lookout for that. Nah, it ain't no giveaway. It ain't no giveaway. Me, me or Jeff will go. Oh, okay. Okay. Since you two are on the show, uh, one of you two can go to the Daytona 500. I, I don't mind. Wanted to put that out. Man. Yeah, I wanted to put that out there first. But uh, going back to uh, the drag racing, um, so Jeff being a strictly drag racer, Charlie's kind of explained it to us a little here on the show, or it's attempted to. And it, it is. It does. It sounds like it's not a. First to the line wins. He said there's a bracket system. Can you walk us through exactly what you do as far as your class of drag racing, how it works, really? Real quick before you do that, a a lot of people think NASCAR and they think circle track racing, but they don't think of all the different type of local track classes. Well, it's the same way in drag racing. All they ever see on TV is NHRA stuff, first one to the line, and who, everybody goes at the same time. Everybody tries to cross the line first. I mean, that's why I wanted Jeff on the show is to better explain what I was trying to explain to you because I was just confusing you because I was confusing myself. Well, then, well, then uh, so Jeff, Jeff is about to explain that a whole lot. Better. Yeah, you got to let Jeff explain it then, Charlie. You I can't am, just I jump am, in and then ju- just jump it. Does he do this to you all the time, Jeff? 
All the time. Oh, yeah. Time. You, ought to, you ought to hear him and my wife get together. They argue like cats and dogs. Oh, boy. <laughs> She's probably an Auburn fan. That's why. Uh, yes, yeah, she is. Oh, that, there it is. It. There it is. So, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> walk us through his drag yeah, racing. Uh, what you see on TV is, is that's that's the money side of drag racing. Your backbone side of drag racing is, is your local tracks on Saturday night. Yeah, you eventually, that's what you want to work up to. But bracket racing, there's big money in bracket racing. There's uh, a million dollar race. That's what they call it. And you're looking at, they don't, so far they haven't paid the million because they haven't had the car count. But the last year's million dollar winner won $365,000 for a drag race. Oh, wow. And we've got some coming up this year that in October in Montgomery, they're paying $20,000 each day for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that's uh, it's big money. Compared to just four, to for four hundred dollars entry fee, you're getting uh, taking a shot at winning sixty thousand. Yeah, that's a gamble worth taking. Now, what's it take? I mean, bracket racing. You're going to have to break this down for me, Jeff, because I'm, I'm with Charlie. But I, I see what you're saying is, you know, whereas short track is to NASCAR, bracket racing is to NHRA. But explain to us exactly mm-hmm. what bracket racing is. A bracket racing is uh, you can take your personal vehicle and race against my race car, and you got just as much shot of winning as I do. Now, explain that. How's that work? Well, what a bracket is, uh, you do a time trial. See what your car runs. When you come elimination times, just say you run a 10-second eighth a mile, I run a six-second eighth a mile. You're going to get a four-second head start. And the way it's set up is if you do your job and I do my job, we're supposed to meet the finish line at the same time. Okay. I see. kind of see you. So, so. Just so I got this right, if I run a 10-second and you run a 6-second, my light will go first green, and then I'm off. Yeah. Four seconds later, yeah, you're... Four seconds. Four seconds later, your yes. lane will go, and theoretically, you should... We should meet at the line at the same time. Theoretically. Yes. If I, theoretically. Okay. And then, then that's where reaction time comes in, how quick you react to the line. Yeah, if it takes you a half a second, point five zero, to react to your green light, it don't take me, but Point one to act or my react to my green light, and you run t- uh, ten seconds dead on, and I run six seconds dead on. I'm going to beat you to the finish line by four tenths of a second because so, I reacted four tenths of a second quicker to the green light than you did. So is it more about reaction time, vice? Reaction time plays a big role in it. Okay, but would that play? I mean, is it first at a line or is it my? Is it based on the time trials? So if I let's say well, time trials just gives you a, an opportunity to see what your car can run and what you want to dial in on. Okay. A dial in is all right. Just say you run a ten oh one, ten flat, ten oh two. Well, you want to pick somewhere in there that you think your car is going to run. Take for instance, last time I drove, I run a six twenty five, six point two five, and a six point two four in time trials. Come first round, I dialed in a six point two five. It gives me a little bit of buffer room at the end of the – if I have reaction time than you do and I catch you because I don't want to run faster than that 625. That's that 25 is my limit that I can run. If I run faster, that means I lose because I ran faster than my predicted time I put on the put on the car. What do they call it? A dial-in. A dial-in. Okay, so as far as if you run more of the time, you, you pretty much get a penalty for that. Yeah, you, you lose. Okay, you lose. Okay, that's so what, that's where the bracket bracket racing comes yeah, in. Yeah, you'll lose so long as that other person doesn't break out by more. more. Yeah, 
Okay, so pretty much if you're dialed in, you have to be on your game the whole rest of the session. You have to be on your, yes. Just like circle track racing, it is all about consistency. Okay. So you're really not where Charlie has where Charlie has 25 laps. If he makes a mistake to recuperate, I got six seconds. I don't seconds. make mistakes. Yeah, I don't make mistakes. <laughs> well, well, no, we're you talk- don't knock about the way quick enough. Char- Charlie, we're talking about drag racing here. Jeff's part of the show now. Be play nice. He's sorry <laughs> because this is really interesting. I don't think a lot of fans and myself included. I'll include myself in that. Have any idea about bracket drag racing? And I think it'd be well, something to see. Because- bracket racing is it's, it's not a spectator sport um, because a lot of people don't get the concept of bracket racing. But it, it, and I won't say it's harder than heads up racing. Heads up racing is both of you leave at the same time, first one to the finish line wins. That's what you see on TV. That's okay. heads up racing. Well, I didn't even know it was called heads up or bracket racing. I didn't yeah. know there was a, that's good. Okay, cool. But why isn't it a spectator sport? Because, I mean, because a lot of people don't understand well, why is this why is this car leaving first and this mm-hmm. car has to chase him down? Well, why does this car he got to the finish line first? Why did he lose? You know, a lot of people right. don't understand that. Right. Well, this is what's good about this podcast. I mean, mm-hmm. now everybody, all of our listeners, will learn what bracket racing is and maybe have a little well, I, way of. I've been around been around Jeff and them for four or five years now, and until recently, I. St- finally I'm catching on to exactly how everything works and I still don't understand the dial in boxes and all that. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> so so really what Jeff is saying, what bracket racing is, I could bring my eighty eight Dodge pickup to the racetrack. Yeah. And beat yeah. the guys who, and beat the guys so, who have the muscle in the car as long as I'm dialed in. Yes. As long as yeah, the last race that I that or the the first race that I was ever at Jeff and them with a few weeks back, there was like a 2014, 2015 four door Tahoe that entered. Uh, yeah. Wound up running like a, a nine second something eight mile, which was fairly freaking quick for a four door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, he entered the Tahoe man, and I mean, eventually he got put out, but. That's that's what bracket racing is, I guess. So, well, what what actually goes into? I guess if you could bring any car to the track, you can. That's fine. But what really goes into building one of these cars? Do you build the cars, or do you just get them from a junkyard and? No, we build every. We got four. Okay, you got we four. Build. Okay, so how, how what goes into building it? Is it safety? Is it? I mean, what oh, goes? We're, in- yeah, we're. Uh, they're full roll cage cars from okay. front to back. I mean, there's nothing. Is is it kind of like? Um, uh, okay, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. go ahead. No, I, I was going to ask. Is it kind of like those the TV show Street Outlaws where they soup up their cars, or is that not the same? Is it kind of the same concept? Yes, it's it's kind of what you see on Street Outlaws. Yes. Okay. Uh, we have uh, we have two cars. We have two Camaros, uh, ninety model Camaros. Now they both have uh, their full roll cage, full tube chassis cars. Both have fiberglass front ends, fiberglass doors. Uh, they do have steel box, steel uh, roof and quarter panels. Okay, uh, but it's all it's all racing. Now the other two cars, um, my brother drives a '64 Chevy two four door station wagon that we uh, put a full row cage in, uh, lowered it to the ground, and then my dad's car, this his '55, we put a full row cage in it. Just whatever your pocketbook will let you do. And do you have to put the roll cages in there? Is there like a if you line? go so fast, you got to have a 
each each time you step up in speed, you got to have a little bit more cage. You know, just if you took your street car, no, you wouldn't have to have a cage. But if you go so fast, and you have to have to have at least a door bar and a hoop bar around the back of your head, okay. kind of like round track car. So. Okay, so man, that's that's crazy stuff because um, you know, I've heard of, and I think Charlie will remember this too from Mooresville where they said you could bring your car to the drag strip and race it. And I yeah. guess that's what this racing was, was the bracket racing to go there and, and do it. I don't think I don't, neither, neither me nor you understood that then at, at, at all. No, this sounds awesome. I mean, I said it a few weeks on the show, I'm like kind of a backwoods um, drag racing fan. I, I like that. I guess it's called heads up racing. I, I everybody kind of understands that, but this bracket racing sounds more, Fun to keep track of. It is. We uh, one of our Camaros that I have. We do. Had, I've done in. Uh, I run a class they call Pro back in the late nineties, and it was first to the finish. You know, but it just that class there got to be expensive. Guy that works five days a week, you no, know, can't leave on a Thursday or Friday to go racing. You know, and it just it, we, uh, it got to, it got to where the money got to get him more involved. It took fun out of. It. I still have the car, yeah, and I still run it some, but bracket racing, I mean, it don't take much to build a car, to make it run. Crazy us, we want to go faster and faster, so gets a little more money involved. But it's just it's more about getting your car to run consistent than it is fast. Now, how do you, there's no sign in the racetrack that says we pay you to run fast. Right. Now, how, how do you do that? How do you ensure that the car runs consistent? Is it more driver or is it more car? Both. Okay. You have to have everything right on the car. You dri- the driver has to do everything the same, has to stage the car the same, do a burnout the same. It's more like a, like Charlie, it's more like a routine, hitting your marks every time. Right. Yeah. It sounded more like it's, if you know, yeah. if you got a good routine down, you can be, but mm-hmm. what, what gives someone an edge, like for instance, in bracket racing, what gives someone an edge, take the consistency and, or, Take the rhythm and the car out of it. What what gives the edge to the driver? Is it knowing the car more than? Is there different tracks? Like is Montgomery different than a track in Florida? How does that work? To me, all of them are same. Six hundred sixty foot of concrete and asphalt, and uh, got a start line and finish line. A delay box is the main thing that makes everybody equal these days. The delay launch is if my car runs ten seconds, yours runs four. I got the four that's second. What, lead. That's what determines that's, the. The, the split there. When you say the split, the offline, right? Yeah. A delay box is a device that came out with years ago. What it does is we run automatic, uh, two-speed automatic transmissions, power glides. Okay. And you leave, you know, what a delay box does is when you mash the button, it uh, there's a, it's called a trans brake on the back of the transmission. What it does, it locks forward and reverse gear together so the car won't move. So when I mash that trans brake button, I lay the gas wide open to the floor. And we have a, what you hear, these super late models. When they go in the corner, you hear them popping. That's a high side chip. All right, we have one for a, a low RPM. We have a high RPM, too, but we have a low RPM. What we want to say, we want to leave the start line at 3,600 RPM. When I mash that button and lay it to the floor, the car's not going to turn, but 3,600 RPM, even though I'm wide. When I release that button without a delay box, when I release that, the car's going to leave. With a delay box, when I drive my brother's car, I have it set on 1.02 seconds. So after I release that button, that timer will count down at the lay box, and 1.02 seconds later, it's going to leave. 
and you and you dial that in to your reaction time and to and the time it takes from that first light amber light to come on to the green light, which is five tenths of a second between each light. Okay, you have three ambers and then the green. So that's you set that, and theoretically, if you're on your game and you got the delay box set like you want to, you can leave with a perfect reaction time. Okay, and, and there's I'm a just, lot of math involved. It's a lot right. of but you've got to do everything the same. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Shred Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Folks, going to take a quick break from the show here and remind everyone out there about our online store at teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles. There you can find our latest show gear such as t-shirts, hoodies, hats, mugs, pine glasses and so much more so everybody whether you're at your local short track or the high banks of daytona that you are a fan and avid listener of in the marbles and if you order now till the end of july and use discount code tailgate you'll get an additional 20 percent off of your order that's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash in the marbles or if you head over to our website in the marbles.net under the merch tab you'll see the link that will take you directly to the store Again, if you use discount code TAILGATE between now and the end of July, that's 20% off your order. All purchases go to help In The Marbles bring you more content in the future. That's teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash In The Marbles TAILGATE for 20% off of your order. So I'm, I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate here, Jeff, since I'm just trying to understand this. One of the delay box take away the the purity of the reaction time? No, because you still have to react to that first light the same every time. Okay, so because it'll so, be it'll be just like you leave it on the green light, except you're leaving on the first light. The delay box just just gives you a little bit um, more one more tool to dial everything in to where you're perfect on the tree every time. Okay. It's all new. So even, even if you hesitate on that first light, you're off on the start. Okay. Yeah. So. Or it, or if you're trying to guess that first light and you let it go early, now you've red-lighted that tree and you automatically lose that round. A red light. Well, see, I did, I did red that. Light? Yeah, if you leave before the green light comes on, you red light, that's automatic disqualification. Okay, so that's kind of like jumping the start right there. Yeah, that's jumping the start. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's all new terminology, gentlemen. <laughs> you get this if you jump start. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. This is it. Very interesting because um, again, like like Charlie and I have talked about. Charlie's brought it up a number of times. This drag racing thing, and he's tried to explain it to me to no avail. Jeff, you're doing a great job explaining it, and I hope everybody out there listening kind of you know looks into this more. I mean. 
is this just a local thing? Is this a national thing or how does this work, Jeff? Most tracks around the country run a, run a bracket program. All right. Uh, like I say, it's this is this race in October, Montgomery. We'll have, well, usually when they run the million dollar race in Montgomery, uh, there was one year every 50 states, all 50 states represented this. this so, yeah, so in Montgomery, Alabama. So th- this is a big deal for the drag racing community. Yes, uh, there's there's more money paid at bracket races than you will win at national events that you see on TV. So this pays more than the Snowball Derby. This pays more than the – when you say national events, it's not just circle track. That's what it's you the, see on TV, NHRA. NHRA. That's, that's what that's they what call I, national events. That's what I was thinking of. I was, yeah. I was thinking – I mean, see, I'm on the short, short track line, but when you say national events, it's kind of hit me. It's like, duh, we're not talking about late models. We're talking about drag racing. Mm-hmm. Ultimately – for short track racers, they want to get up to NASCAR, IndyCar, big national series. Is that your goal? No. Or was that yeah, your goal? Yeah, would, would I love to drive one? Yes, but no. That's fun. It would be fun, but it takes a lot away from your family. Right, right. I understand that. I mean, family's everything. I mean, you got to keep family that's, first. That's a, that's a good answer with Carissa sitting on the couch right over there next to you. <laughs> Yeah, that's the perfect answer. <laughs> oh, man. I, I love the way Charlie calls you out. I'm not going to do that because I don't know any of you, but and I wouldn't have done that. Gosh darn it, Charlie. Hey, hey, it's gold, son. <laughs> yeah, she, she keeps me wrangled in. She said, because I got... I yeah. got things I have to do with her. So, well, no, but, I, I, but but the racing is is ever since I've been going, it's always been me and my mother, my brother, and my dad. We all go, and then when we started having kids and wives, you know, everybody goes. It's a and we got a friend of ours from uh, Cottonwood that goes with us, and it's just like a big like tailgating at a, at a at a college game. You know, yeah, we, we cook out, we we eat. So we just have a good time. I mean, it sounds. I need like- to call Jerry. I need to call Jerry. As a matter of fact, yeah, oh. you need to see if he he was over yesterday. I should have told him he was going to drive his truck. <laughs> no, who's Jerry? Oh, Jerry's your dad, right? No, Jerry's no, the guy no. from Cottonwood. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's- he raced with my dad years ago, and then he he had got out of it for a while and got back in it. And uh, we uh done the roll cage and stuff in his truck. We built the motor for him. How often do you guys race? Uh, you could race every Saturday night if you wanted to. Okay, so it's an but every when, Saturday night thing, weather yeah. permitting. Okay, now on top. But the way the way fuel costs is these days, I mean, five gallons of fuel for us is seventy dollars. How much fuel? How much does five gallons get you for racing? You could do probably. It depends on how good you are and how many rounds you go that night. How many rounds uh, are there typically in a? Usually, race. usually there's probably around five or six rounds. Okay, so five or six rounds is. Are we saying a gallon around? Are we saying what are we? About saying? a gallon around, yeah. Wow. You could take ten gallons and run two cars in one night and do good with them. Yeah. Wow, and you use the racing fuel like Charlie puts in his car? No, we use a uh, 110 or 112 octane, whichever we can find. So and that's more racing VP racing fuel. Yeah, that's more powerful than your octane there, Charlie. Yeah, I've ran 110, but. I also run a two cycle engine, so we have to either oil it down. But right. I've started running a different style fuel as well. So, oh, don't give away your secrets here. Okay, well that's interesting to know. So, yeah, it took us a long time to find that fuel, so don't give it away. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't giving that. So, it's okay. still good. <laughs> so, how how um, what do you do for preparation as far as the races? I mean, do you have to you you know the track pretty well? I would say being their local short track. Do you already have your timing box set up, or do you make a couple practice runs 
to dial in. Yeah, that's what that's box? what you do during time trials. You see how you know okay how good you are, how good you feel that day. And a, a lot of tracks, the starting line, because you have a pre-stage and a stage line. Sometimes they may be just a little bit further apart, a little bit higher off the ground. It's just the infrared beam that goes across the track. So uh, if you got a track that hooks good, and then the car wants to wheel stand when it leaves, you might want to add a little bit more to keep from picking the front end up. I do lights. You know, I have my son red lighted in uh, Mariana a couple weeks ago because the car left a lot harder and actually picked the front end up out of the lights instead of rolled through in the lights. How do you control that? I've seen videos, and I'm sure a lot of people have seen videos of where I guess when you say the, when the front end lifts up, I don't know the technical term for it. Wheelie. Wheelie. Okay, well, that's yeah. that's easy. <laughs> so when the car wheelies, obviously, well, not obviously to me, but you'd probably want to prevent that as much as you can because you can't control the car, I would think, being the steering's in the front. How do you fix that? Do you put more weight in the car? How do you do that? You, you uh, run wheelie bars. They stick out the back of the car, and you can adjust the height on them. Okay, uh, so in the wheelie bars are those two little, like, kind of training yes, wheel two things. Little, yeah, that two stick things out. out the back under the bumper. Now, the, they, does, they're training wheels because, you know, drag racers don't really know how to drive. Well, like circuit track I, people, I said so. training wheels for the sense of everybody knows what a training wheel no, is. I, mean, I, I know what you mean. I'm not making fun of anything. I'm just trying to understand this. <laughs> no, I'm so, just starting stuff. That's all. Yeah. So, so, so with, the, with the wheelie, is it wheelie wheels you said, <laughs> Charlie? Wheelie bars. Wheelie bars. Yeah, you want to keep those down. Nah, they're gonna be called Willy Wheels reeled out now. <laughs> Willy bars. So you want to keep those down <laughs> to the point where your car doesn't lift up. But do you want a little lift up? How does that work? Yes, you, you want a little weight transfer to the rear. Yes, you want as much weight on the bottom gripping as you can. I take yes. it. Yes, what it does, it puts weight on the rear tires and makes them hook. Okay, and the Willy bar doesn't assist in that at all. It just keeps the front yeah. wheel everything kind of. Yeah, it helps. It keeps them from coming up too high, and it can actually help steer the race car. Some because you there are two individual bars, so you can set them at different heights. But okay. one touches before the other one, and it'll actually steer the car a little bit. Does that help out with the uh, torque? I you guess. Can, yeah, because yes. you can get you can get a lot of twist in the chassis. Right, I would think so with the amount you get a lot of, power. of twist. Okay, and so that pretty much, and through time trials and stuff, you'll set the or fine tune yeah. those in order to get you off the line. Tracks we go to are going to be pretty close. Okay. Matter of fact, I took the ones off of my son's car because it never did really hit them all that hard. Even though a lot of the weekend when he picked the front end up out of last, it didn't didn't get too much that it had to have them. So, okay, this is so interesting because I've always wanted to do this, and you race every Saturday at what you said, Opelika. You said no, we go to Cottonwood, Alabama. Cottonwood. We go to Mariana, Florida, Montgomery. I don't know what so. made me think Opelika. <laughs> there is a track in Phoenix City, which is close to Opelika. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I'm from Dothan. I, or I grew up a little yeah. bit in Dothan a little bit, so that, that's why I kind of thought Opelika. So it's in Cottonwood every yeah. Saturday. Dothan's, Dothan's quite a ways away from Opelika. I know. I, I was in the marching band, and we oh. had a band concert up there once oh. during a football game. A little tidbit about my history that nobody really needed <laughs> to know. So you've been doing this since two years old, Jeff. How many? How? No, two months old. Two months old. I said two years yeah. old. Two months old. What's the, what's the biggest takeaway you've gotten from racing? What's the biggest thing you've learned about bracket racing? Just what? racing in general. The biggest thing is it's uh, family. Your family at the track, and, and then taking your family 
you know, from home to the track. You know, we've made a lot of good friends, you know, at the racetrack and it's drag racing, you know, it's not so much like rail track. If Charlie has a competitor that he don't like, you know, he may not help him at a drag race. I mean, at a rail track race, but a drag race, if we need a part, Hey, we go, if somebody's got it, they're going to give it to you, you know, or if we got a part, somebody needs, we're going to give it to them. We're going to help them get back racing because we know they're just like us. They're out there because they love it. So now, wh- now why is that? Is it for, do you want to help out your competitors in drag racing? To- yeah, because you want, you want to, if, if you want to race somebody, you want to beat them, you want to beat them fair and square. You don't want to beat them on a, because they got had it. a part breakage or it, something like that, you know. So it's more of a. I, I want. Who it is? I'm going to help out some of them. Well, wait a minute, Charlie. Yeah, not so much. Well, <laughs> see, and I kind of see Jeff's point there. I mean, no way in NASCAR will you see Penske team go up to Joe Gibbs team and say, "Hey, we need a part." They, they laugh you out of the garage. Well, yeah. Toyotas don't. Toyotas don't fit Fords, man. Charlie, you gotta be. I'm just. <laughs> But, but I see Jeff's point. I, I will agree with Jeff on the family side of stuff. And that and that's kind of the same on on, on Circle Track, you know. And, and Jeff's, Jeff's been a big part of my life the past few years. Him and his wife and, and daughter both. His daughter and my daughter are best friends. Both of them love being at the racetrack together. And Lord knows I'm the favorite son now. He is. My mother will tell you that. <laughs> and uh, even with Roy, the guy that owns all my cars, is like another dad to me as well. Uh, drag racing, circle track racing, probably racing in general. If, it, if you can't do it by yourself, it's got to be a family, yeah. family affair, friend affair, whatever. So okay. there ain't no way you can do it by yourself. Well, and what's great about this is, and well, actually, question here since Jeff's daughter and your daughter Charlie are friends. Jeff, do you go to the South Alabama Speedway to help out Charlie at all? Yeah, you, yeah. well, you were there the other night. Okay. Uh, what do you do? What do you do helping out with Charlie? I fix all Charlie's stuff he breaks. Yeah, okay, which makes, is a lot. Yeah, yeah they, they, they've they've uh they've they've helped me fix quite a few stuff. I, I'm not gonna lie. Why? Uh, you, what was it earlier this year? I, we pretty much redone the whole body before yeah. before the beginning of this year because before the end of last year, I pretty well just tore the whole front end off of it on purpose. Uh, no, I take that back. That was the year before last. No, they they've been a big help, and I, honestly, I I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for me ever meeting them and 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 having support and help from them. So, definitely anything I can ever do for them helping out, uh, I'll I'll definitely be there to do so. Oh. My brother helps them nearby every Saturday night. I go when my wife lets me go. Okay, okay, so. Without, is it, uh, is now it, that I know that, I'll, I'll get on Carissa a little more. Yeah, you get on to her. Is it yeah. is it Jason that helps out? Is it the brother Jason? Yeah. That's yeah. Now, now I met yeah, Jason. Jason's the younger. Did I Jason's meet? the least favorite son. Okay, got it. <laughs> did Jason? Uh, did I meet Jason a few years ago when I came down there? I, you probably did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. When when you when you DNF'd? Yeah, when I pretty well went out there, started, <laughs> ran three laps, and was like, "Man, the car's good." <laughs> went crap, parted. Yeah, that was, that was it. That was the extent of my spotting career. I actually told Chris Hacker. That hey, I could be your spotter, and he asked me my resume, and I said three laps. <laughs> <laughs> you should have told him it's not your fault. I, I told him it wasn't my fault. Driver, drive, mechanical failure, but three laps. He didn't wreck. Oh uh, man, I don't even remember what it was that night. I think spark plug wire got burned yeah, or something like that. Something wasn't connected right. But question, my question here, 
Charlie, do you help out Jeff drag racing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've helped out at the shop. Now, I've been able to make it to one of their races because a lot of their races has either fell on the same weekends that I'm racing. Um, And then I wanted to go to one of their races uh, about a month ago, but we made up one of our rain dates. So it worked out where I wound up having to be at our race to make up a dang rain date. Luckily, I'm going to be at a race in August with them. The dates are lining up pretty good. I'm gonna bet next few drag races for sure. So that's awesome. All right now, now Jeff, are you gonna allow Charlie to compete in these with your cars with one of your four cars? Or hey, he can jump in the seat of any of them he wants to. I don't care. Okay. Do you let anybody drive a car, or is it just family? Good friends. Matt, I'm not going to Matt, Matt, you can't get in there. I'm oh, sorry. okay. That, that was kind of my opening. I was trying. I was, I was trying to try to make an excuse to come down there. It's like, can anybody do it? <laughs> hey, good call, Charlie. We got two cars. Uh, got two seats in it. Now I'll take you for a ride. Who wants to ride when you can drive? It's like driving. Yeah, it's like doing the Richard Petty driving experience and saying, "You ready?" It's like, yeah. It's like, Ooh, fun. It's a little different. Right. I mean, I'm scared of these things. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, just because it's 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 a big difference, um, right? And I, I really and truly, I'm not worried about it after I get going. It's the leaving part that's the only part I'm worried about. Yeah, the, uh, my black car at the house, I've got a com- my Pro Mod car. I've got an onboard computer on it, and I have pulled 4Gs when it leaves. How long does those 4Gs last? You pull them all the way down the racetrack, but it's that initial launch is 4Gs, and then it, uh, it kind of tapers off from there. And then you pull about a negative 3 degrees when you pull the parachutes at the other end. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you just go from the most ex- – not the most extreme, but an extreme number of Gs. It's like when you jump out of an airplane weightless. and then pull the chute. <laughs> yeah. Right, I guess so. I guess it would be. Now, are parachutes required? If you go so fast, yes, they're required. How so. fast do you have to go in order to be qualified for a parachute or required to put on a parachute? Most time it's 100 and, uh, 130, 140, I believe, when you have to have one. In an eighth mile? Yeah. That's booking, man. But a, lot of car, a lot of cars don't use them because uh, these tracks now have Got a lot more stopping room. So, but okay. And then if you run, if you run a national event, even though with our cars you're required to have it, whether you use it or not. So, how how does one run? And plus, a, it look cool on the back. Oh yeah, it, make, it makes you good for a good photo. <laughs> now, now, as far as running national events, let's let's say, for instance, I mean, I've never heard of bracket racing until Charlie brought it up. Do you think bracket racing will get a little more recognition as far as? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. More interest in it, more eyes on it, build grandstands around the racetrack on the drag strip. 
if they were to be conjoined with national events, like as well, a the national event does have some classes, uh, super stock and stock eliminator that uh, are bracket race. Okay, but it, those those classes there, your car has to be for the uh, your model, the make of the car, the size of the engine you run. It has to weigh so much. You can't do it just. There's, there's a lot more rules involved that you have to have your car set up for than just go throw a motor like we throw in ours and uh, okay. go run. So. Have you ever considered or have you ever competed in one of those events? I did with my, my Camara back in the late 90s. It's actually, we run IHRA, which is the International Hot Rod Association, and they would have what they call divisional races. Be everything but your professional guys. No, okay. And they would, we would run tracks. We ran Hope, Florida one year, and we ran Douglas, Georgia one year. What's the uh, big difference between International Hot Rod Association and National Hot Rod Association? NHRA okay. is more of your money side. And IHRA was more of your low-budget guys. You know, or you, you, could, still had, you still had your funny cars. You still had your top-field dragsters, your pro-stock cars. But NHRA, IHRA ran ProMod, where NHRA didn't. They do now, but back then they didn't. And we run a class called Top Sportsman, which is basically a pro mod car bracket race. I mean, you got you got Top Sportsman cars now that run three point six seconds an eighth mile at right at two hundred mile an hour. Now, now instead of saying NHRA is where the money is and IHRA is <laughs> where the low budget teams is, I would say a low budget, but you have more of your. Uh, but, but I would say there's more passion in IHRA and love of the sport and you know, part of being at the racetrack with the family, vice the money. I would say it's more a passion. You could do, like. it would be more, I won't say family oriented, but a lot more of the guys that we know ran IHRA. All right. Do you have to fall under it's like just, an organization at your local short track? Under no, you could IHRA? run. You don't have to fall. You don't have to like join a monthly club or something or yearly club or, you know, if you to be licensed, you do to be, you have to be a member of either IHRA or Cause I was, I was a licensed top sportsman driver. So I had to uh, okay. be a member of IHRA. I had to make down the racetrack and have another license, two more licensed drivers sign off saying, all right, he can, he can do this. You know, he can drive the car. Okay, so, and so what else goes into that? You have to do it at a, Okay, uh, I mean, I apologize. So, what goes what goes into getting a license for IHRA? You said you mentioned pretty much having drivers sign off the peers and the guys that you're going to race against. Is it more like that? It's like, yeah, I, the other driver saying I could trust this guy to be in the lane next to me doing this. Pretty much, yeah. And how long does that process take? Does it take a one race session? Does it take a few months? Well, I got mine, and I got mine at one race. So. Okay, so it's it's a pretty if you once know, you figure out. You fill it out, then you send it in, and they send you license. So. Okay, and and for those out there who are thinking maybe about doing this, how much does that normally run to get your IHRA license? Back then, it was like the membership to IHRA was thirty five dollars, and your license was like fifty or sixty, or something like. That. And you had we I had to have a physical, you had to have a just like a basically like a DOT physical. Jeff, I don't know if you okay. get that. Uh, yeah, I can. Now, wait a minute, got Charlie. Little that, that is so messed up, Charlie. <laughs> if anything, you can't get one. I, I might get one. As long as they don't check, like, back and stuff like that. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Oh, nice. So, so I got I to ask this. 
drag racing, really what you see on YouTube is all the crazy accidents that they have. Have you ever been involved in a crazy accident in which it was just like, because you see the weird accidents on drag racing. You see the engines literally explode. Has anything like that ever happened to you? I blow up, blew up. Nothing like what you see on TV, no. Also depends on the fuel that you're running. Is that yeah. right, Jeff? Yeah, those ones you see on TV, they're running nitro-methane, so that's bomb anyway. Yeah, it's big, big bomb. Yeah. It's a big bomb. <laughs> it's an eight-cylinder bomb. <laughs> now, that, that kind of blows me away. That They got a bomb strapped to them, which sounds like to me an old-school Indy car, where they had the fuel tank behind the driver, and it was just gasoline and not methane whatsoever, and it's just a big bomb. How do you mentally do that? I guess it's like being an ast- I guess it's like being an astronaut and saying, "Hey, you're going up in a missile. Good luck." Holy cow! That's big kahunas. I guess so, man. And, it takes well, dedication. It does take dedication. Your equipment. Yeah, true that. Uh, now, uh, Jeff, have you ever circle tracked race, or is it just strictly drag racing for you? Uh, back in '94, we helped uh, a cousin of ours do it, and I drove one around the track, probably five laps. And that was it. Okay, because I was going to see if there's any comparison between sur- or short track oval racing and drag racing what you can compare both of them to can you take do you well let me ask you this then do you think there's anything like if charlie were to hop into one of the drag cars that he could use from his short track experience uh, and, and then on the same side is there anything from your drag racing experience to where if you hopped in one of his cars that you could take from it they, they would be a little bit of both sides you could use basically you, your knowledge of a race car just like Charlie. Charlie knows what speed feels like, just like I do. So, And car control, basically. You know, okay. a lot of times a drag race car, unless something happens, it's going to go straight from the time you leave to you cross finish line. So basically, you just, you just hold on. Around track, you, know, you got to do a little finesse and stuff like that. If you've got your car set up right, a drag car is pretty much going to go straight. And when you say set up... Our it, wagon right now, I can... No, go ahead. It's, it's basically Carl scales, just like a round track car. So when you say setup, you're talking you about have, the wheelie bars, the brake box, the we, everything. Everything. Wait, wait on each of the corners, just like a car, like like where we try to get more weight on the left side and maybe the left front. Right. They might want more weight equal equally distributed throughout the car, so that it leaves a little cleaner. Or they might want the same. They want. They might want the same weight put to the right side of what the driver's going to weigh whenever he gets in the car to the left side or something like that. Right. So Basically, we want, we want a little more weight on the left rear than the right rear, and that's just based off the torque of the motor. Yeah. The torque of the motor is going to put because, more weight on the right Because of the which way it's turning. Yeah. Okay. So we try to put more weight on the left rear tire. Do you adjust anything? Because your front tire is going to be off the ground anyway. So. Right. Do you adjust anything like springs or shocks? Shocks is a, plays a big role in drag racing okay. on how a car can react off starting line. Okay, how so? Shops. How so? Well, if you got a track that's uh, a little slick, you can uh, stiffen the shock up to make it drive that tire, make it planted into the racetrack. If you got a track that hooks real good, you may want to soften up on the shocks, you know, a little bit. Give that, let that tire spin a little bit if it's hooking real hard. What makes it? Track- we have a, we have a four link set up, basically like Charlie has on his race car. I mean, we can. Okay. You can adjust four link to make one wheel stand. You can adjust one to make it. Not pick the front tires up at all. Pretty, that, much that's shift, where, that's, pretty much shift the axis of that rear end. That's basically all you're doing. Hmm. Yep. What makes a racetrack slick on a drag strip? 
Heat. Heat. So heat's the <laughs> enemy of a drag Stay, racer. Tell you what a circle track, man. Yeah. Heat. Heat. Okay, so so there are correlations. You don't want to. You want a cooler racetrack to where the rubber can grip, just like an oval track. Yeah, we use yeah. well what you see NASCAR using that PJ one. Yeah, uh, we they use a similar uh, substance in drag racing. It's called VHT. Okay, is what that, it does it just puts a tacky layer on the racetrack. Is that just at and the, the more cars you more cars that run on it, the stickier it'll get. Is that just mm-hmm. on the launch, or is that all the way down? They spray it all the way down, but usually the, the start line is sprayed a little more heavier than down the racetracks. Okay, yeah. that's where all your burnouts go on and all that. So. And I learned that firsthand whenever I was with them a few weeks ago. You know, it just kept getting stickier and stickier and stickier as the day went on. So the more the more rubber that was laid down from the burnouts, it just you know they got they got more grip and more grip and more grip. Okay, so why do why do the cars at the start do the burnouts? To put some heat in the tires. Okay, so theoretically, you want your tires about 10 to 15 degrees hotter than the racetrack. Okay, so that's the equivalent of maybe the circle drivers or Scuffing road tires, racers. Yeah. Yeah. Ro- Same rubbing. thing as us going side to side, trying to clean the tires off, get debris off, Okay, clean them, all that. So, so, so to me, that's the funnest part of the run. That's, that's the most fun part of the run, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, oh, so you – And make, make Leo mad as heck. Yeah, he, he hates it when we do one. <laughs> he, says we, he says we turn, on, turn the motors too hard. But if you'll pull back up tapes where he used to drive years ago, he's just as bad. It's not worse than we are. So, so you really, in reality, well, let me ask you this then, just before I ask you that. How does the draws happen? How I know Charlie goes up to the racing officials, draws out a number, and that's your starting position. How do you pull your starting position? Is it just, how does whoever that work? You pull up, whoever you pull up yeah, side stage it, lanes. Yeah. Okay, yep. so it doesn't. It, so it really matters just if you get there first. You want to go first, or but so really, just what I'm hearing, Jeff, you want to kind of be a little far back during, depending on the time of the day. You want to be a little far back to get that well, sticky that BJ one worked up. Is that BJ one? Sometimes some tracks use BJ one. It just depends. Okay, so that's where that delay box. It's where. Box comes in hand because uh, yeah. you may pull up. You may pull up somebody next to you that runs three seconds faster, and that's where you plug it into that delay box that we were talking about earlier. Let me ask you this: Then I'm getting technical here because I like this stuff. Say you make a run at five o'clock in the afternoon, just pulling a number out of the air, but the racing actually starts at like seven o'clock when the starts sun starts going down. The track's a little cooler. Mm-hmm. Do you want to adjust the delay box, or do you want to keep it where it was set at the heat, kind of the heat? Usually, of the day? usually when usually usually when it gets dark, you want you'll see that light quicker at night than you will in the daytime. Okay, so you want you want to adjust it. Don't tighten up, you know. You want to adjust it really for yeah. the time of the it's day. A little bit slower leaving. Yeah. Okay, so it isn't necessarily what the racetrack is giving you; it's how well can I see the light. Just for the simple glow of the light. Okay, so you're just looking for a simple glow of the light. So nighttime racing is more mm-hmm. beneficial to do that. Man, that's so crazy. And that makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, but as far as who you run, it, it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter really if you basically you're not basically you're not running that car beside you. You're running your own race. Yeah, you know, you're running against those clocks. Okay, each time. But, each time. So, so just having another car in the track makes it one a little more 
visually awesome, and two, it makes it just kind of a way, means to get people through faster, in a sense. Because if he mm-hmm. goes and it doesn't really matter, you're just racing the tree, the starting lights, and then going. Yeah. You're not racing. You, I mean, that's that's what kind of blows me away in this. You're not racing to the guy in the other lane. You're racing the tree and the clock. Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah, that tree and, yeah. that, and those okay. clocks. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's, that's if you get too good of a start, though, and you know you got too good of a start, chance that you know you're going to break out there at the end, you got to play that into a fate. So I, I guess to an extent, yeah, you're racing yourself, but you're, yeah, you're racing the clock, but. At the same time, do you want to let another car buy you at the end, and, and a chance to them them busting out because of how well you left or right. what? I know you want to hold it wide open, get and be consistent, but there's there ever a time? Or let me ask you this: do you, do they have? Do you guys have communicators communication within the car in the crew? No, no. Okay, so it's more of a no. Consistency. You're on your own once you, once you shut that door. You're on your own. So. Okay, so is there ever a point where if you know you got that better jump off the line than you've practiced throughout the time, where you maybe would blip the throttle, just kind of let off a little in order to ensure you get within that window? You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, yeah. The other week when I ran my brother's car, I, I had a lot better reaction time than than my opponent did. All did. Got beside him a little past half track, and I just patted the gas on him three or four times, and just stayed ahead of him at the finish line and, and won the round. Okay, and won and run a tenth and a half slower than what I normally run. Okay, so there there is a little like on the fly adjustments that you have to make during the course of a run. Yeah, there's a lot of thinking goes on in six seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's a, I it mean, goes back to the whole breakout thing, right? And because when when you Think about it, and, and Charlie kind of helped me with that. Is you know you you want to race the clock. So, is there anything in the car as far as a stopwatch that will kind of give you an idea of what you're running? Sometimes you could tell if you if you leave a lot harder. Right. I'm not trying uh, to get you re- reveal any secrets you guys might have or anything like that. I don't know what the rules are, but um, I guess it's so. I guess it's just where that consistency comes back in. You do it enough, and it's like. I'm going too fast or I'm going too slow. You just, you just know it's a kind of a second nature. Yeah. You, you, you make enough passes, you make enough passes in a car. You'll, you'll know what it's going. You know about, you know about the time it's going to shift. We have a air shifters in our car to shift them for us at a certain RPM. So you, you pretty much a good run. You know what it's going to shift. You know what it's going to do. So, what what, what is, how does exactly does an air shifter work then? Now I got to ask that question. Certain, certain PSI, certain PSI from the vacuum of the engine. Is that how it works? I mean, how? I mean, it's a we uh, one car. One of our cars has an air shift. It's a little air solenoid on the back of the shift. When it reaches certain RPM, it just shoots that little solenoid out with air pressure and makes it shift. The other car we have has an electric shift, electric solenoid on it, and when it reaches a certain RPM, it'll shift it. So it's based off of it's like R- a little plunger type thing. It's based off of RPM of the engine, not necessarily like a vacuum, like maybe the. A brake booster does it. Is, it no, has nothing to do with everything strictly off RPM. Yeah. So, so okay, instead, instead of having to watch a little shift light up here on the on the tachometer, it's all it's programmed. Just, it's just all does it for, for you. Most part. Yeah. Okay, so there's a lot more electronics to it than one would think. You know, the only electronic I knew was the delay box. 
The lay box, yeah. The lay box. So there's Look at you remembering already. I'm so proud of you, Thank Charlie. You. Thank you. I'm not even <laughs> taking notes. So you got the delay box, and then you have the brake shifter. Is that pretty standard on all these cars, the air shifter, or is that optional? It's optional, but to be consistent, that you know it's going to shift to that same RPM every time. So you're pretty much taking a lot of the human factor out of the equation. You, a lot of the X factors, um, not shifting at the right RPM, forgetting to shift. The launch on the delay with the delay box, you're taking it. Sounds like to me, with this type of racing, you're taking a lot of the you, you try to alleviate and take a lot of the human factor out of it because humans mess up and humans aren't perfect. You're taking a lot of it and put it onto the shoulders of really the computer and what they're doing. So you got to be pretty savvy in that stuff, too. Is that kind of does that sound bad or does that sound accurate? I'm, no, you. You're 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 about right. See, my dad's car and then my Camaro that I drive, I don't have a delay box and I don't have air shifters. Both of those cars are standard shifts. So I'm okay. having to dump a clutch when the light comes on, shift on RPMs with a shift light. So here is uh when you drive my dad's car and my car, you're a driver. When you drive those other cars, you're just a rider. Because everything's going to do it for you. Okay, so would you say the um, you would have the more? I need to drive the gold nugget then because I'm a driver. <laughs> so I mean, with with the cars with the cl- <laughs> with, <laughs> with the cars with the clutch vice the air shifters, with having the air shifters instead of taking out the in, in addition to taking out the human factor and shifting, it sounds like it takes out the mechanical factor too. In the event a clutch fails on the launch. As well, yeah. I only lose. I only use clutch for the start line. That's the only time I touch it. Okay, so you don't have to shift and shift like kind of a H pattern shift. Your and no. Uh-uh. Okay, so the clutch is only car, my dad's car's got what they call Linko transmission. Okay, levers in it, and all I do is pull each lever back once I leave start line. That's and weird. then my black car five speed in it, and it's the same transmission that you see. NHRA Pro Stock cars run, or is this just back and forth in a straight line? Okay, kind of. Now, forgive my ignorance. Is it Ford straight? There's no reverse gear in these cars, are there? Yeah. Okay, so is it? Yeah, it's reversed. Is it just kind of like a sequential shifter where you shift up, press up to go up, and then down to downshift? How does that work? Reverse on both these transmissions on a separate lever. You don't never mess. You don't ever take a chance of hitting it. So. But the Lenko transmission is just a, it's just a four, uh, three different levers, and all I do is just grab it, pull it back, grab the next one, pull it back. Okay, so it's it's set I up. Get in the high gear. It's set up to. Okay, so you have to pull. It isn't a sequential shifter. You have to pull three just separate levers in order to. Yeah, three ma- separate levers match yeah. the wheel speed to the engine. Okay, that's pretty interesting. There's a lot more to it than when I you thought. do it enough. You don't. Even, you just you just feel when you reach your hand. Up, on top of the next one, we pull it out and back. When you reach your hand up here, you're sitting on top of the next one. So it's just, I've drove that car enough now that I can pretty much hit the shift light when it comes on. So now, how fast do you go from the start of the, from the launch till the end? How long does it take you to hit all three of those gears? The fastest I've been in that 55 has been uh, six point uh, three five seconds. So a hundred and. 1,211 mile an hour. So pretty much every But two, that car weighs 3,000 pounds, too. So. Right. I mean, cars in the 50s up till really the 90s were built 
like tanks. So really, every two seconds off the launch, you're you're shifting. Two to so, three. So yeah. Seconds. Now that now my black car, I have a five speed, ran uh, four point four seconds at one hundred sixty five mile an hour, shifting five times. With, with five different levers. No, it's that, that one's got an inline lever, vertigate shifter. Is that back and forth? Okay, so it's up, down, up, or first, second, third, fourth, yeah. up, down, up, down. Kind of, okay. That's neat. That is very so neat. So you do all of it off of a shift light. So. Okay, so you do everything off, and I guess that's the thing, the light on top of the tack that blinks once you redline. Or you could set it to where yeah. you want to shift. You set it to whatever, you set it to whatever RPM you want to come okay. on at, yeah. I, I'm loving yeah. this. This is a whole new world for me. I hope um, those, now, now here's the question here. How does one watch your events? Like, do you guys stream it? Do you have an ability? Is someone there to streams it that kind of keeps track of everything? How does that? Do you guys have anything like that? Some of those, some of those big bracket races, like the million dollar race, and I haven't heard if they're coming in October. Yeah, they will stream on on uh, Motor Mania TV. Will you be uh, entering in any of those million dollar events there in October? Jack? I would love to. Uh, that, uh, we've uh, we've already entered the one in October that they pay in twenty thousand okay. each day. We've already entered it, but the the million dollar race love to go to one of those uh, one time, but it's start on like a Wednesday. So okay, so it's a pretty long event. There was a lot of competitors there. Yeah. Okay. I guess I got some to burn, so I guess I'll. You're going to be in school in October, Charlie. You can't go. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it would be fun, and I think you know a lot of listeners will tune in to watch these races if you have the ability to stream it somewhere down the line, kind of like what Charlie has at his speedway. I think that'd be interesting to watch, Jeff. And we definitely share it on our social medias and say, you know, check this out because you know, this sounds like I think I think it'll take fans a while or those unfamiliar with drag racing and especially bracket drag racing to get into it. But once they do, I think it'll be any, like any other local short track. You're going to have your, your regulars, your, the top dogs, and then form that kind of aura around it. I feel. Yeah. You got, we got drivers at each track we go to that, you know, come late rounds that they're going to be in because they're, they're, they're that good. We got lucky here a few weeks ago. Back in June, my brother entered two classes with his car and won both of them. So. No, very nice. If you definitely start doing that, I mean, you know, have your daughter just stand there streaming, videoing the whole time. I think that'd be, you know. Really oh, cool. she'd love that. Don't get her wrong. Well, hey, I think it'd be good to get some exposure to this because I, I would like to uh, go down there. Next time I'm down there, Charlie and I will go to Cottonwood and, um, you know, I, I can't do anything but sit there and take photos, so I can do that. But uh, I think I'd like to check that out whenever I come down that way in my neck of the woods. I know maybe here around March or what? Okay, now let me ask you this: How long does the racing season last? Is it every weekend year round, or is there a set time frame? Most most of the time, tracks run from late February to late November. Uh, oh, perfect. Because, because track can get too cold, too. Okay, track can be yeah. too cold, so there's a butter zone. Okay, because I know next year we're going to be bringing down our kid to see mom and dad and all that stuff, so good excuse to go there to Cottonwood and have Caroline with the grandparents do that while I hang out with Charlie and Jeff watching bracket racing. That'd be great. Charlie, you have anything else before 
we send Jeff on his way? Honestly, this has been a great episode. We're just like Charlie. I mean, if you're going to race, you're going to learn how to work on them. Right. Yep. So we, the motors ourselves, we do, we body work, cage work. We, we've learned how to do all of it. So and Jeff, we do everything in house. Wanted painted my car. So, oh, very nice job. It sticks out well. Well, Jeff, can't thank you enough, man. I really do appreciate you taking the time on this uh, Monday to join us here for this episode. It's been very educational. Love to have you back on in the future. Love to see videos. Um, by all means, like our Facebook page and post them there. I, I would love to see them. You know, maybe have your dad on here in the future to talk about his history in racing. He's been doing it for years. I'm sure he's got some good stories. But thanks for yeah. he was voted he was voted into the Hall of Fame the South Drag Racers Hall of Fame here a few years ago. So. Really? Okay. Well, I mean, we've never had a Hall of Famer on the show. It'd be nice to have a, a Hall of Famer on. But uh, thanks for introducing us to bracket drag racing. It's a lot of fun. Love to make it down there to Alabama here in the next, I'd say seven, eight, nine months to. Check it out and uh, get to meet you, your lovely family, and just talk about racing. Maybe grab a beer or two. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, Charlie. We'd love to have you. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be there. Sounds like a lot of fun just to, just to hang out, really. But anything else for Jeff, Charlie? No, I'm, I'm good, Jeff. I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on. Yeah. Um, I know we've kind of planned it for a couple of weeks now. It didn't happen last week like we had hoped. But it did this week, and I think it's been a good episode. So I can't appreciate. I can't thank you enough. Yeah, really do appreciate. Hey, no it. problem. Really do appreciate it. <laughs> Enjoyed it. All right. Well, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hit into our final thoughts here after these messages. Before we wrap up today's show, I wanted to take a moment to remind everybody out there and in the Marble Station about our partnership with Fanatics. Fanatics is a proud partner of the Unhinged Sports Network, which we here at In the Marbles are the voice of racing. If you head over to InTheMarbles.net under the Partners tab, there you will find a link to Fanatics, and it'll take you right to their NASCAR store, where you can find all your favorite drivers' hats, t-shirts, diecast, and more. But you don't have to just stop there. I buy all my Alabama Crimson Tide gear there, and Preston buys all his South Carolina Gamecock gear there as well. All purchases that help out the Unhinged Sports Network bring you the best sports coverage 24-7 at unhingedsn.com. Make sure to head over to the Unhinged Sports Network to listen to your favorite shows, not just in the marbles, but all your sports podcast needs such as football, basketball, hockey, and yes, racing. That's unhingedsn.com. Final thoughts here on this very exciting episode of Rambling About Racing. Thanks again to Jeff Reeves for coming on to the show. Really do appreciate it. He, Charlie, he gave a lot of good insight, man. Thanks for setting that up for us. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I can't tell you how appreciative I am of Jeff coming on board and doing that. A lot of insight to the world of drag racing that most people, including myself, until being around them, being a part of their family, wasn't aware of, you know, I've always been the person that seen it on TV and first person to finish on wins. And, you know, that's not always the case. There's, there's a lot of technicality into the break racing. No, there is. And, um, what, what struck me about that was just how much technology is involved in it as well with the delay box, with the air shifting, 
you try to eliminate a lot of the human factor away from it, but as well as you doing that, you add in a lot of X factors as far as is the electrical hooked up right, is everything set up right. So you're trading one X factor in for another. I appreciated it a lot. Again, thanks for Jeff for coming on. Really do appreciate it. If the quality sounded bad, we're trying our best here with Zoom. It's not the best. I'd rather have them in studio, everybody else in studio. But we don't live in the same geographical Man, area. If he'd move to Alabama, we could make it happen. Yeah, if we did move to Alabama, but at the same time, if you moved to South Carolina, but another topic, another day. It's a lot easier for y'all to move to Alabama. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, different topic, different time. <laughs> but they, we'll, we'll take a poll and uh, let let our viewers decide. Yeah, right. I, I'd lose that, and then it's like, what am I going to do? I like my job. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it, it was a it was great to have Jeff on. Thanks again to him and taking the time out of his day. I uh, can't wait to go down there and catch a drag race or two while I'm there. And hopefully on the same weekend you race, maybe for the Rattler 250. I've said that for the past few years now. But stuff has come up, and but we'll definitely. I'll, I'll do you right next next one you come to to spot. Uh, I'll definitely do you right. All right, it'll, it'll be a whole race. I appreciate that. And it won't be just a few laps and then us have some mechanical failure. <laughs> so, um, I, I've been on a streak this year, and I you've been doing, streak going. You've been so, doing, I've only had one DNF this year. Yeah, I remember um, that. And I say that was a, and that was a fluke. And that was because I got dumped in the middle of one and two. So, I think by the ninety four car, that ninety four yeah. car is coming up a lot this year. But thanks again. I mean, I can't say it enough. Thanks again for Jeff to be on the show yeah. and. uh Really, a lot of fun. If we if we had the ability to stream it, I definitely share it and watch it. But there's a lot more logistics goes into that than just short track circle track racing. But final thoughts here. Going to get into our driver of the week this week in NASCAR. No, in the marbles 2.0 for last weekend because of the Olympics. We're not going to have the racing until Watkins Glen here. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. But make sure to tune into our show next week. Got another ARCA driver coming on. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure to check that out. Just a whole bunch of rambling about racing. It's a good flow to it, a nice little flow to it. Can't wait for that. For this week in NASCAR, we go back to July 29th, 1984. Dale Hart keeps his Chevrolet ahead of a snaring 10-car pack to win a frantic Talladega 500. Earnhardt passes Terry Labonte on the final lap, which is his 68th lead change of the race, which is the 68th lead change of the race. So Dale Earnhardt in, on July 29th, 1984, wins at Talladega for the summer race. That must have been a hot race there in July at Talladega. Couldn't have Man, been. It, it, it had to have been. I couldn't imagine what the in-car temperatures were of that race. I can only imagine. And plus, they probably didn't have the air vent and stuff and Earnhardt. Absolutely, absolutely not. They were, were probably wearing the open the face golf, helmet. The, the golf, the, you know, the three-quarter golf-style helmets with the goggles. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, you know it was hot. Yeah, it, it probably was. So don't envy that at all. We drive her to week this weekend here at Rambling About Racing. I know we've never done him before. You ever hear of a driver called Lloyd Dane? Lloyd. Lloyd Dane. Lloyd Dane. Nope. Can't say I have. He was born in Missouri on August 9th, 1925, and died December 11th at the age of 90 in 2015. His NASCAR Cup Series stats go like this. 52 races over 11 years with his pet's best points finish being 21st in 1958. 
There is no record of his first race. However, his last race was ran in 1964 at the Motor Trend 500 at Riverside. His first win came in the 1951 California State Fairgrounds, which was on dirt at the time. And his last win came at the May race at Riverside in 1961. So really, Riverside and California really just were the highlights of his career. Four wins, yeah. 36 top tens, and one pull over his Cup Series career. Dane first started racing in the in 1949 and was the first NASCAR Pacific Coast Late Model Series championship. He took the championship in 1954, 1956, and 1957. He was also noted for driving the Hudson Hornet, which he drove to the 1954 championship with lifelong friend Tim Flock. So, Lloyd Dane is your driver of the week this week here at Ramblin' About Racing. And, Charlie, do you have anything else before we wrap up this episode, man? No, absolutely not, man. It's, it's been a great episode. Once again, glad to be a you know full-time host on the show. Can't thank you enough for that. I'm looking forward to next week already. Yeah, next week's going to be a fun week. Turn in, tune into that and because we got another ARCA driver coming on. You're not going to want to miss out. I'm not even going to give it away until next week. you got to tune in next week for that. I want to say one more thing. Keep pressing in your thoughts and prayers out there. He's uh, still going through a lot of things right now. I, I, life's just got him down. Pray for him. We hope to have him back in the studio, if not on Zoom, later on. Uh, we, we want him back. Love is inside and Formula One and everything. But just if continue keeping him in your thoughts and prayers. But, uh, again, one more one more time, Charlie. Anything else? No, absolutely not, man. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Big Again, be on the lookout for uh, – Possibly a Daytona 500 giveaway. No, it's not going to be all expenses paid, but you got to, You might have tickets to the Saturday and Sunday race if Charlie doesn't take them off my hands. <laughs> if Charlie doesn't do that first. But, yeah, we're, we're excited. It's going to be our first baby. We'll have. I, I wanted to have the gender reveal, like rent a stock car and have blue or pink tires on there for tire smoke. But, I got uh, you, bro. I got you. Yeah, see, Caroline said you should do it, but I don't want to do that. It's my baby. I want to, I want to do the burnout. Oh, she so want me to do it? No, I want to do it. I want to do the burnout. So she wanna... No, I want. I'll call her in a minute. Anyway, let's finish this. <laughs> don't don't call my wife. Don't call my wife. Anyway, we're, we're just gonna wrap it up here. We're just gonna wrap it up here. Thank you again so much for tuning in to us this week about here on Rambling About Racing. Special thanks again to Jeff Reeves for being on to the show and enlightening us about the world of bracket drag racing i'd like to thank all of our partners here at the show flag and anthem stand up to cancer and fanatics for all they do for the show not only for here at rambling about racing for but for what they do on the unhinged sports network for charlie Herkus, i'm matt beamer thanks again to jeff reeves stay safe and we'll see you guys next week Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.